Raise Up really is this touchstone of how, how we are going to operate with, within the organization. And that's uh, responsibility, accountability, integrity, service, engage, understanding, and perseverance. And if you're doing anything that's worth doing, there's going to be a season of perseverance. And if you're working with a team, you have to be able to seek understanding. And we have to have some level of engagement or stuff's just not going to get done. And having a service mindset is really what, what the whole story is about. This was at no fault to anyone that worked there. It was literally everybody was just trying to figure it out. And when I came in, I just looked at it differently. I looked at it like, okay, well, that's, we need to do the right thing here. Like, well, what is the right thing? Well, the right thing is treating the customer right, treating the team member right, making sure the company is taken care of. And it seems so simple to me. And we, I just started plugging away at what I knew was right in my own mind. And, and I remember uh, I worked on the raise up core values for about two years. Every morning I would take a little bit of time and, and like you, probably not every single morning, but I do a lot of studying in the morning alone. And so I always had like a little corner in my journal. What else could it be? And it just one, one morning, it just came to me. I had scribbles after scribbles after acronym words. And I'm like, that's it. And I basically told Charlie and he was like, okay, that sounds nice. You know, good job. Um, but he didn't, I don't think he expected me to push it to the levels that I have. And then when I came up with our team goals, our daily team goals, I, I remember going to him that morning and I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, BAC's mascot is going to be a goat. And he's like, no, it's not. How, how is that even anything of substantial? Like, that's not a mascot. Like, we're not going to be a goat. And that was before greatest of all time was even cool. You know, it was just, and, and, it, and it was, it just absolutely made sense. If we met our mission of, uh, or if we met our goals of great customer service, on-time pickups, accurate documentation, and team spirit, like we were going to be killing it every single day in every department. And it just it made total sense to me. And so now you'll see on our walls when you come into BAC, you'll see the Raise Up logo. And then there's this like very nostalgic goat, like raising up in the middle of the logo. And uh, I'm really proud of that. Like that is, that has been the heartbeat of our business. And I will, I mean, I, I joke with the team when we first came up with it, the, the whole scheme that uh, I want to be able to call you at two o'clock in the morning and wake you out of a dead sleep and you'd be able to tell me what raise up and go mean. Yeah. And they can. And they can. <laughs> yes, they can. I, I'm convinced that with the exception of the newbies still getting getting their sea legs, I uh, yeah. So full disclosure, I just looked over at the screen and I didn't push record when we first started. <laughs> so we've only been recording. I feel so stupid right now. Uh, when they walked out, I thought they they said okay. it was ready. It was recording. So let's do a retake then. <laughs> let's do a retake for everybody. I know okay. we're we're trying. So let's to... let's start. Um, just start from the beginning then, and we'll just kind of yeah. So it. I have time. Athena uh, Grimm, thanks for uh, coming on again. Um, we had Charlie on uh, a couple weeks ago, and he had some great stories and had 
you know, I just wanted to tie this up with with you coming in and sort of uh, answering the questions he can't and giving a different perspective sure. on uh, Bach transportation, uh, Alaska medical transport, and the um, the other associated businesses, and and how you kind of got to where you guys are today. Um, so if you could just start by you know maybe talking a little bit about the the beginning of uh, of how Bach started, you know. Uh, Charlie's story about uh, flying down to Vegas and um, you know getting uh, making deal wheel and dealing with the limo uh, with the limo sales guy uh, was great and, and maybe you could fill us in a little bit about how you how you saw it. Well, the uh, AC limousine and bus services was started by Brent Sanders and Charlie Grimm and uh, Charlie and I were together. I wasn't part of the business initially. I had, I was running my own business and uh, we were dating at the time. And so it was something that it was going to be a side hustle. And he, it, his main business was commercial uh, groundskeeping and snow removal and, and all of that. And so I, I just thought, okay, well, you know, this is, this is going to be something interesting. Over the years, we've started little pilot things that we thought might take off and, and, and either did or didn't, and we made some money at it, or we decided to cut our loss. I, okay, so this was a year. He was already in, you guys were already doing entrepreneurial yes, yes, little yes. endeavors. So I was uh, 20, just turning, just 21 when I started my first, like I went off on my own and started my own business and got out of the W-2 world. <laughs> Excuse me. Please pull the bike a little closer to you. There you go. So he, he, he comes up with these ideas that just make me laugh sometimes. And some of them literally, I'll just laugh and laugh and laugh because I, I make a joke with him now that I try to make a solid 20% or a solid profit on 20% of his good ideas. And so some of them are just, I, I remember one day he called me and it was when we, the limo business and the bus and crew transportation, everything that we were doing with BAC transportation was going. And he left an auction and he goes, hey, I got something. We're going to start a shoe shining business. And I just broke out laughing. <laughs> and I was like, <coughs> uh, he goes, why are you laughing? It's going to be great. We're going to put it downstairs in the airport and they're going to pitch to the concierge. They're going to sell bus tickets to the, the hotel. It's going to be great. <coughs> and I, I just... I couldn't believe it that I wasn't, I was, oh, I don't know what's going on with my voice here. Go ahead. <coughs> now this is live. Yeah, that's what happens when this is live. <laughs> so it just cracks me up because he's just, he's got these great ideas. And really what I bring to the picture is organization and this, um, this sense of, staying on purpose and I make a joke with the team that we're never going to detail planes like no matter how much airport work we do that's not what our we're not taking is. on that core contract yeah, yeah it's uh absolutely I and and I guess maybe not never I suppose if there was something that happened and we got a phone call from one of our airline clients that said, hey, we're in a desperate pinch and we need 10 people to help us clean this plane. We would absolutely go over there and help them clean that plane. Yeah. 
it just wouldn't be part of our core business. It would be helping out our, our partner, our friend, our, our, our customer. So, um, so yes, I've had lots of those little things happen over the years. And I remember um, some other ventures that we've done is the mobile ad trucks that never really seemed to take off here locally, but it was big in the lower 48. And um, we've done... We Those are the trucks. Uh, yeah. I've, I've seen the With truck. The, the, it it, it the looks like a box turn. truck, mm -hmm. but it does, has a sign on it that turns and yeah. has different advertisements on it. looks like a, a, there's a rolling billboard, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically. Yeah. I mean, these days now, they're, they're screens. But back in the day, it was, it, that, I mean, that, that tri-picture where you could get three pictures on one side was, you know, a, a big deal. You guys still have that, right? Um, we do actually have those <laughs> trucks. I'm not really doing anything with them. That's the thing is that um, I... I have a hard time with, we have no problems acquiring things, but making suggestions on maybe we should give that to a new home. It, how you how you transitioned out of it, basically. Yes. It's like you tried it and then you just move on to the next thing. I move on to the next thing. Yeah. Although, uh, Charlie, on the other hand, he kind of likes to hold on to stuff, see what happens. How many, if you can disclose it, how many pieces of equipment do you guys own? Over 180. <laughs> which we really don't need that many. He's promising me that <laughs> some are going to go to auction. Yeah, how many are in operation? Like 120? Um, you know, probably something around there. Yeah. It's uh it we've we have a lot of stuff. You guys including have... two fire trucks, which I'm surprised. Oh, you guys we, have fire trucks too? We have a 180 foot aerial ladder truck. What? And we have an engine. Is this thing operational? Yes. Yes, they haven't been ran in a while, but I mean, they were running and doing their thing. Wow. Yeah, just because just because Charlie wants to have some, and he wants to have some apparatus. So you guys have, uh, let's go over it. You have five or six coach buses? We have seven. Seven coach buses. Mm -hmm. You just got two new ones, so I knew it was five. So seven coach buses. What else? We have a ton of vans. We've got all kinds of different bus sizes, cutaways, limos, mm -hmm. uh, the SUVs. We don't uh, run sedans in our fleet, which kind of makes us unique. Yeah, you guys have the Wagoneers. Those are a newer. Love the, the Wagoneer product. Nice. Love the Wagoneer product. Yeah. Uh, yes, we have transitioned out of Yukons, and we we do have some Suburbans, but yes, I'm really loving the Wagoneer product. It is just beautiful inside. Customers are happy with it. It's. I I really think that Jeep and Chrysler and Dodge, the whole organ. I mean, they just really stepped it up in that that SUV. Yeah, those are great. Uh, and then you have three limo buses, just right? So currently we're running a limo van. We have the newest limo that the just Sprinter arrived. The Sprinter van limo. Yep, and then we have the new suburban limo that we yep. just built that's now that in service. Awesome. And then we have, uh, we have one limo bus that's in service right now. The other ones have been taken out of service. Okay, and your main... Your main business is uh, your airport contracts, correct? I would say that our main business is corporate. Corporate. We do yeah. retail. That's why we still have yeah. limos. And, um, a lot of the retail stuff is weddings. Um, night on the town. Night on the town. Yeah, yeah party bus yep. stuff, yep. birthdays. Um, yeah, trips out to uh, Double Muskie. Yep. Yeah, but that's not. That's probably 20% of your business now. We, we do that for the the community. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's how you guys started though. Yes. We started in retail. In 100%. retail. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Was just handling those in the night on the town. And, and, um, and then as we, dis 
as we built more relationships, our clients would come to us and say, hey, we need help with this. Are you guys willing to get into this corner? And really, my, my, uh, my lane is transportation. So as long as we were transporting, doing transportation and logistics, it made sense because the current systems and procedures that we have in place transfer over, whether you're transferring a bag, a, a person, uh, or, or an item. Yeah. And yeah. You guys do the lost baggage. Um, we do. Yep. We do. Uh, well, and I would, it's usually not lost. <laughs> it's just on a different aircraft yes. because of whatever reason. So late baggage. It's, um, <laughs> it's very rare that I see that something's like gone forever, but yes, we do uh, delayed baggage deliveries. Deliveries. What, what yeah. they like to call it. And then the wheelchair support at the yes. airport as well. So you're yep. doing wheelchair pickups and drop offs, uh, for individuals at gates. Yes, and that corner of the business is probably one of my favorites because we are guiding young people. We can hire as young as 16, mm -hmm. and they're in a safe area. They're, uh, they're allowed to be in the secured area, which is where everyone else needs to um, get a boarding pass to get through, and it's serving people. One of the things that we we always discuss in every department meeting is what was something good that happened to you in the last seven days? And those, those particular team members always, almost always share something about work. Like I was able to help this person or she was sad or I, and I'll hear some stuff that maybe might, might've almost should have been an incident report. Like I caught somebody before they fell and lost their balance. And I'm like, a grown man like this little young girl caught this grown man and but you know there was I've heard so many stories and I just I see the purpose light up in their faces and some of them they're really struggling at home I mean I have teenagers and sometimes the sky is falling for them even and I just see the beacon of light that that department I mean people think that these are just kids pushing wheelchairs or these are just yet a youth pushing wheelchairs and you know making some money but they're a family over there. They stick together. They they do their best to learn what raise up actually means and how they can apply it to their life. And their leader over there, she very much understands her responsibility to raise up these team members to go on to be excellent employees somewhere else. Or and then I mean we we have very much. It's, it's not a social service program by any means, but we do things that other family members would do for you. Like, I remember one phone call one afternoon. I was, I, I think maybe the manager on duty phone rolled to me or something, and there was an, we call them an access ambassadors, which, by the way, is another unique thing about the wheelchair crew. Everywhere else in the nation, they're called SSR agents, special service request agents. But I wanted them to think that by having this title that they're not only giving access to people who need help that could be vulnerable, but they're also ambassadors to the city and the state. And they're, for your brand. And for our brand. But I wasn't really thinking about our brand yeah. so much. I mean, they're ambassadors. I put them in a uniform and that's what I, I expect them to have a clean, you know, nice uniform as the, as the brand representative. But really I wanted them to think about they're an ambassador and, um, and that's a big responsibility. And, and what does an ambassador look like? If you're if you're the first person that somebody sees and sometimes the last person that they see when they're leaving our state, like 
So that was the whole mindset around that. But these, I remember that phone call that I had gotten from that ambassador and he told me that he was kicked out of his house. His uniform was in the house that he needed to get. And it wasn't a, a thing of his parents kicked him out or something like that. It was some kind of addiction or something crisis unexpected was going on. And I was like, do you have an adult with you? And he said, no, I, do I need to drive over there and help you walk through this? And, and the question was like, like there was this long pause, like I can't believe she's asking me if I need help. I was completely willing. I know what it's like to be young and to feel like you don't have a voice and that there's nobody standing up for you. So uh, that's something that any one of our members of leadership would do at any time for any team member. And I think that that, that is also part of the raise up culture is that we are walking the walk and we're talking the talk and we're showing up in areas that they don't always expect. And I think Charlie probably touched on that. You'll catch him washing a bus sometimes. Wow. I've heard of wowing your customers, but wowing your employees. I think that's, uh, that's an amazing concept because if not for those people, like what you wouldn't have a business. So you, those are your actually the first people you need to take care of. Uh, well, and I most. call it, I preach it like this. We have external customers and we have internal customers. <laughs> uh, and so when you're looking at it departmentally, I, I mean, dispatch's customers are the drivers. Yeah. They need to be making sure that the drivers are taken care of and that they're doing the customer service that, that they need to because they're supporting the driving team and, and doing their absolute best. So our, we're providing great customer service to our internal customers. What does that look like? And, you know, for the young people uh, at the airport, their customer just isn't the individual that they're pushing in the wheelchair. Their external customer is also our airline client. And what does that look like to provide great customer service to them? Well, it's, it's um, make their job easier. Be where you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be, you know, things like that. So it's really this shift of, okay, well, yeah, we're taking care of all these other customers, but who is our internal customer? And, and you guys are helping me with the video to explain that more intentionally <laughs> to them. So I'm, yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. And so uh, you guys went from uh, dabbling in a lot of different things and businesses and, and being entrepreneurs and trying a lot of different things and having a lot of ideas, some good, some not so good with the shoe shining thing. Charlie. That never was a thing. Never was he a thing. did buy the shoe shining thing. Oh, he it did. Was in I our garage for a couple of oh, years geez. and then I sold it on Craigslist. Oh, geez. Back when Craigslist was still cold. So. But from that, from dabbling, you know, it's a great story because from dabbling as two kind of uh, entrepreneurial minded people to uh, having a company with 200 employees and having this kind of growth, um, you know, it just speaks so much to what you were just talking about, uh, the culture, the relationships, how you take care of people. Um, yeah, I just I'm really uh, impressed with that. And it's not just Bach Transportation anymore. Now you guys have another company called Alaska Medical Transport. Um, what, what does that company do uh, and how does that kind of align with with what you guys are already doing? So back in the day, Charlie and I were on a volunteer fire department and I realized 
It wasn't something that was really my thing, but I, I quickly realized that if I didn't join him in that venture, that I wasn't going to see him on the weekends anymore because he had decided he wanted to do this. And so I, I, I stepped into that area and I, and I was able to learn a lot about EMS and being on the ambulance and uh, being in active fires. And it did give me a little bit of a window into why he likes some of the things around that realm. And it also gave me this compassion for first responders to understand really what it is that they can go through at times. And, uh, and I am big in supporting community and this was absolutely something that, I mean, it, Girdwood was the fire department and it was, I mean, technically it's part of the municipality. So yeah. it's, um, it was supporting our community. This would be for Bach or this was during this, the beginning So Bach, of Bach was a side hustle. Yeah, so Bach we, was a side hustle. We've always had side hustles and BAC was just one of them. Then this is back in 2000. So this was 2004-ish yeah. in there. Early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. And, and I you're getting this experience as an EMT yep. and as a fire a volunteer firefighter at Girdwood. Yep, I had uh, I had joined, I had taken my EMT1, and I had, I had achieved that level. And then fast forward a couple more years to uh, my, my second child, I, I delivered December of uh, 2007, and I had gone through the EMT2 class, and I had made it just almost up to, to the point, but once, uh, I think I did my last run in November on the ambulance, being like eight and a half or nine months pregnant, something like that. Oh, my God. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to tap out, and then once once I had a baby, I just I didn't. I had um, pretty much sunsetted my my fire department Your career, career yeah. there. That hobby was over, and now I was figuring out what I'm going to do with this other little one. And the Bach, yeah, transportation. And uh, and so so it's always something that's been kind of in the back of your guys' mind, and definitely Charlie was thinking yes. about this. Charlie, uh, I think he has something that I've grown to understand is that first responders, this isn't a job for them. This is an intrinsic calling on their life. And so that's, that's it. And, and it's evident in his, in his life that this is just a calling to serve and help people. And working around the ambulance crew now and just seeing, sometimes you know that you're supposed to be here, but you don't know what you're supposed to do yet. And we see that sometimes where we've got um, people that are very young that are just figuring it out. They've got their EMT1. And so now we have an opportunity to they, to, to bring in the raise up uh, core values in their life and to also kind of walk alongside them to raise up their training. I never, it, it is, of course I want people to stay and to learn more and grow with the company, but I want people to do what they want to do. I want them to achieve what they want to achieve. And if I can be a part of that building block that gets them to the next phase in their life, that's, that's exactly the spot that I'm called to be in. And so when somebody is making a transition, we're still cheering them on. And you'll see that a lot in the EMS world. There's a lot of moving transitions that happen where people join this position. And I think that part of that could be that there, there needs to be a lot of variety because there's a lot of downtime at that job and, and just kind of waiting for the call to come on. And so one of the things that really was 
um, instilled in my heart when we started the ambulance service because we were doing wheelchair transportation for many years before we had decided that we were going to pull the wheelchair business away from BAC. Got it. It was then, already sort of growing yes. and something you guys were already doing. Yep. Yep. We were people in wheelchairs. Now let's transition it into a private ambulance yep. company. Yep. So that's non-emergency medical is what that's called, the wheelchair side. And so then when we decided to go full-blown ALS, BLS ambulance and figure out how to get licensed and what all the regs were, we just, I naturally just sectioned that off and that AMT became its own entity at that point. And it, it really, now, it's not just running a private ambulance service and seeing how much money we can make at it, because it takes time to get stuff like this off the ground. And it's a pretty big investment to get the equipment that you need that's right for the team. Uh, gone are the days of the hand lever uh, gurney. Like, you have expensive power lift systems that... Um, hopefully prevent injuries. Yes, and you guys have seven ambulances now? Is that You just brought up two more, correct? We have several. We did just buy two more. Um, three of them, I don't think we're going, I think three of them we're gonna, I think, I've, I think I've convinced Charlie that we're gonna sell those, but I think, yes, we, we are at, um, I think eight now. We actively are running two, but we're looking at other opportunities that are coming up makes sense for us. Okay. So, so yes. So really AMT's purpose isn't too much different from BAC's. We want to raise up the EMS community. And what I saw being on the Girdwood Fire Department was that different areas of the state, they didn't have the training available and they didn't have the trainers that would, would travel to their areas. And so there was a lack of training that, that happened. In, in just other areas. And so it's like, how can we lift up EMS training? Yeah. How can we help set standards for EMS that would allow the people to come, come to a place, learn, and then go back to their community and, and teach them what they've learned and explain to them what, what these standards that make sense. And, and so that was really kind of what sparked the whole, like, it wasn't just let's start a private ambulance service. It's like, okay, well, if we're going to do this thing, then we're going to do this thing for everybody. Yeah, because you guys provide uh, classes, uh, yes. EMT certification programs uh, as a part of your business as well. And it's free for people to attend or do you guys so, charge? So we we don't try to compete with um, the, the other companies that are offering this. And so there is a charge, but usually it's a fraction of the cost that it would Got be. Got it. So you're and, truly trying to raise these people up and... And we're looking to have other people from other communities come in, stay with us for some time, understand what inter-facility transports are, understand the standards around it, take that back, experience some of the training. We have lots of training avenues, online and, and in-person training. And so that's really what the last two years has been about. We just celebrated our second anniversary with the ambulance service in August. And I just finished the, the training room yeah, uh, that we yeah, built. Yeah. I visited that. Un, it's yeah. unreal. It's such a cool um, addition to an already unreal facility that you guys took. Basically, kind of a shithole. You know, it wasn't that great. Go easy now. Well, Go I mean, now. when I first went over there, I was like, you guys 
bought this place and now like I see it and I'm like oh my gosh the vision is great I mean it's it's beautiful and it, it's really coming to life and um, I didn't see it when I first went over there but uh, I obviously you know I've known you guys for long enough to know like this is going to be awesome but I just didn't know exactly how but it's definitely come to fruition for you guys are you pretty happy with the new facility I am very happy with it uh, you know it is really when we first saw it I, I don't think that I convinced Charlie that this was perfect for what we were looking for. But then, I mean, he kind of rolled with me on it. And he tends to roll with me on design because, he, of course, I've got other side hustles. So so real estate is another side hustle of mine, I guess you could kind of say. Oh, yeah. Interior design and, goes along with that. Right? Yeah. So yeah. normally he's just like, um, I'm, I, I, I will tease him sometimes because he'll... He stopped asking me if he could pick the paint colors, and then he's like, "Why don't you ever ask me about paint colors?" And so I'm like, "Are you an interior designer?" And, and I'm like, "I'm not either." But man, some of the some of the stuff, like he'll he'll put touches on it, like he wanted little LED lights in the stairs and sure. stuff. And right. I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Let's do that." You know. And so, do you see yourself growing out of that facility anytime soon? Or it seems like the parking lot's full all of a sudden. The warehouse is, you know, busting out the seams. I mean, is it is it you know, I would say Is this that a permanent location for you guys? This is a permanent <laughs> location for a while. Okay. You know, we just we we have the um, ambulance headquarters there, they've got their own bay. We we've got the shop pretty much organized. You have the workout room, the training yeah. room. Yeah, so the training room, the the gym, that's something that I mean I've got some posters and stuff I want to still get on the wall, but yes. Uh, we're going to properly be kicking that off. And um, that's that's something else about BAC is HR's tasked with a wellness plan. Like, what's the wellness program that we're going to encourage everybody to use our gym that we have upstairs now? That's yeah. going to be totally free for employees. What a cool uh, and and that benefit that branched off of the EMTs just asking, "Hey, can we get a treadmill or something?" Because man, like hanging out the whole afternoon and then we, we get like three, yeah, we need to move around. And so that was another thing of yeah. Yeah, we can do that for you. That makes total sense. Yeah. Like a treadmill is, absolute, but now it's like a full gym. Like, now it's a full gym. I was going to say, like, I want to come over there and, well, and get of my course, workout in. <laughs> and, and of course, I'm like, I want everybody who is able to do it safely to have the ability to take advantage of that if, if they're focused on uh, elevating their health and strength. So that's fantastic. I'm, I'm always big on. We, nobody can be a favorite. Everybody has to be treated equally yeah. to some degree. Sure, so. sure, sure. So from, yeah, so from these uh, kind of fun ideas, side projects to this behemoth of Bach transportation and then uh, Alaska Medical Transport came on maybe four, four years ago. Uh, so AMT celebrated its second year in August. Um, oh, it's only so been two years. So ambulance is only two years old. And then uh, wheelchair is... Is like a decade old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, the time. transition was over time. So you've gone through all these things, going from sure just uh, Charlie and his business partner driving the cars to now two hundred plus employees um, all over the place, lots of clients, contracts. Um, how do you keep it all sort of um, from overwhelming you? How do you how do you um, talk about your own self care and how you? how you kind of keep yourself grounded and um, how you just stay focused and positive. So something that we kind of spoke out about in our little chat prior to the podcast was 
that it's really important, I believe, to be stacking positive things into your, your day because you never know what's going to happen, especially when you have that many humans in between a transaction or a logistics move. And we have the good fortune of being able to violate custom laws and hit aircrafts and like all kinds of stuff could happen, you know, um, just, you never know. And I, and I'm not, um, thankfully, uh, we, we have been great with our processes that, that, um, we've avoided some of the suffering that others have gone through, but yeah, but you yeah. can't plan these negative nope, things. Nope, these, nope. it's these just some tragedies that happen. Somebody and isn't somebody thinking gets hurt. at that yeah, time absolutely. and they're like, we're sorry, yeah. you know, but it's, it's kind of the reason why you don't let the 10 year old put the baby on their shoulders because they'll drop the baby and they'll be sorry, but the baby will be hurt. Yes. So it's like, um, there's a lot of, um, ensuring certain stages and making sure that we're checking and supporting people where they need to be. But yeah, you, you just don't ever know what's going to happen. And so I make sure that I'm stacking. And one of those things, I mean, can be super simple, accomplishing something for the morning, make your bed. Like that's, that's something positive. Some people, they don't agree with that. They're like, I'm just going to mess it up when I get home. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? I like my bed neat. And, um, and that's one thing. And then the next thing is, what are you allowing into your head in the morning that's setting the tone for the rest of the day? And I will spend uh, oftentimes in pep talk for 10 minutes. Pep talk is an app that you can download and it has 10 minutes of motivational speaking or whatever it is. They've got a bunch of topics and it literally sits in your notification screen. So you can just tap play in the morning. I, I do a great deal of studying in the morning. So I take this time alone to kind of reflect internally and then and stack the positive and I stack said. the positive. Yeah. So if you've got a solid, um, one of the books that I read, they were talking about how, how many positive, there was this theory of how many positives you need to stack to counteract this many negatives. But if you stack too many of these positives, then you're in unicorn rainbow world and you won't want to be in there. And it's like, just don't let all that bug you. Just, just go out and, and do a few positive things. Focus on being centered yourself so that you can go out to the team and be the example and kind of the calm in the storm. And when these fires come up and negative things happen and uh, you can deal with it in a way that um, doesn't spiral you into a negative sort of realm where you're just like, crazy and yelling at everybody and super negative. Well, and you know, I never see any members of leadership spiraling like that. Yeah. And I think that the, the team that we have now, they understand that we're here to serve. Like that's our role. Like my role is meetings and service, making sure the finances are straight and culture. That's really my bigger role here because at the end of it, if you don't have a foundation to stand on, then you're wavering. You don't you don't understand like what should I do? You know, it's like it's really obvious. Like this is just serve. Yeah. Like simplify it to the point where you are there's no confusion. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very much about serving people. Yes. And and that servant leadership rings true to every member of the leadership team. And so it's really it's not as challenging challenging as it used to be because they're all on board. They all understand. And um, so 
being around people like that is another way to stack the positive because they're not melting down because they get it. They yes. get, hey, you know, and a lot of them are seasoned. They know that the sky's not actually falling. It was just a mistake. Yep. And I really like the fact that you can uh, not get it right every single time yeah. at BAC and it's okay. And there's some people that come to us and they kind of have a twitch because their, their previous employer yelled at them or they didn't give them the opportunity to make some decisions on their own. And then maybe they, some mistake. maybe yeah. they some mistakes. It's, um, and I don't ever really look at it as mistakes. I look at it as unintended outcomes. <laughs> so what are we going to do to keep that outcome from happening again? I love that reframing. Yes. It, it speaks to the education, the learning, the gaining knowledge side yes. of, of what people think about mistakes or failing is really just a process of It is. Uh, if you think about that. it. It's, it's just how are you, and if it's not okay to learn and to make a mistake or to have an unintended outcome, then how is anybody going to ever really grow? How are we doing here? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, focusing in on that growth mindset too is something that I'm, I'm, I'm a, a maniac about growing, growing. neuron or neural pathways. Ne yeah. New neural pathways. Yep. Yep. I love and it. so um, one of the things that we do as a team uh, of the leadership team is I engage everybody in, in, the latest book study and the one that we have right now going on is really challenging some of them and what is it it's called um un, the untethered untethered heart untethered heart or untethered yeah. soul i think it's untethered untethered heart. soul is it, it soul? is okay. it is yeah yeah, yeah. my yeah. daughter just read that a couple months ago she was just enthralled with it she oh really it. it's very spiritual right but without being religious necessarily yes yes well the, the whole idea is about this this mindset that you have and, the, and this voice in your head. Which isn't you. No. It's a voice. It's <laughs> not you. And so just the idea, some of the takes that different people are getting from it, it's, it's just, but that's the goal is it's like, we're not just doing leadership. We're doing, we're doing um, self work where, and it's in a trusted space where we can all like honestly say, actually, you know, this is what I got out of this section of the book. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even see that. What I saw was this. And they're like, and then some of them are like, now the voice won't stop talking. I didn't even think about the voice until I read this book, you know, and it's like, wow. That's um, interesting. I know, I know. But I'm just, you know, I'm really proud of them because I will come up with some crazy learning opportunities. And they're just like, all right, let's try it. Cool. And, That's awesome. Yeah, That's a part of your culture is, is yes. education, learning, and personal development, not just professional development. Yes, yes, it's it's about... Because personal development in the end tends to make you uh, a better manager, supervisor, a better employee because you're better at dealing with people because when it comes down to it, we're all just humans yeah. dealing with other human beings. Yeah. And that's it. That's what it, that's what business that's really, is. That's really it, is it? How can I be... How can I show up more present? How can I show up more whole how can i show up in a way that i'm actually supporting and serving this person and what do they need to hear from me in this moment right now and that's i mean that's really what we do at bac over and over and over every single day and we happen to like i said get people from point a to point b yeah just a, almost a hundred percent of yeah. the time i did realize that when you scale up to a certain level like we are at now that there's so many things that happen in between that you have to start rolling with percentages because 
no matter how hard you work, you'll drive yourself crazy if you're trying to hit 100% and, and that nothing will be better unless it's 100%. And that's kind of what you speak to about sometimes this is good enough and we have to give grace. Yes. So. I know that um, you, you utilize a lot of coaches, business coaches and such. Um, what, what kind of coaching are you receiving now and, and how has that helped you get to where you are? So the funny thing is, is this year I, I, I'm not doing anything business related. At the beginning of the year, I sat down with my kids and we were talking about what are some of the goals that we want to achieve for this year. And uh, we, we had a lot of discussion, but really out of that discussion came, you know, I think that I want more peace and joy in my life. And so if that's true for me, then what are the steps that I need to do to make that happen? And, and not just like, oh, I had a great feeling this day. It's more like, how can I measure that over time? And so that is what my coach is working with me on this year is um, what are the things that are bringing me joy? What are the things that are giving me peace? And um, what's that energy look like in my day? So am I getting depleted? Am I, am I recharging? And so she's, she, she, this particular um, person has been a great uh, guide for me in that area. But there are, there are, there's been historically things that have like accountability partners where I'm super focused on my business and this is what I've got going on and I need somebody that I can come to and go, okay, this is what I said I was going to do. Like, why aren't you doing that? Well, I don't know. Why do you think I'm not doing that? Well, because this, this, and this, and you're focusing on this too much and just kind of laying it out for me. And, um, but yeah, this year it was, it was a little bit more, uh, introspective like to, to get there. I have a hard time sometimes in situations where maybe the conversation gets a little bit, uh, emotionally elevated, or it is a, an emotionally charged conversation trying to, recognize sort of the, you know, the fact that it's not me, I don't need to internalize these things. I, but how do you deal with sort of recognizing those situations that bring you that joy and that peace versus some of this negative stuff that comes along? Like, how do you, how do you stop yourself from going down that rabbit hole of sort of like feeling that pity your stomach feeling uh, about something, whether it's employee conversation or, 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 or personal even. Um, and cause th those things really, you know, those emotions really, um, affect our ability to, um, to make good decisions sometimes and to have a real conversation because we're so charged. Do you have any, uh, I guess, tips or just ways you, you deal with that? Uh, I love that question. So I would say that one of the things that I do is I made a decision that I was going to remain open. Like that's the goal is to remain open. And so then what can I do in those moments? I guess you have to kind of have a hyper-focus on what's triggering you. And the first thing that you need to understand is, okay, this is a trigger for me. And it's just like we were taught when we were kids. Let's decide what the decision is going to be before the thing happens, because Honestly, there's the same trigger that happens over and over again. If we can recognize the pattern, then that's the first step is recognizing that we're in this loop. And then what can I do to just, just put a little dribble in the water 
to change the outcome just a little bit. It doesn't have to be overnight and success and you're, you're magnificent and you get it right every time, but it's, it's really recognizing, okay, I did not like this about how I reacted. So, or how it made me feel. Or how it made me feel, whether I reacted well and I was totally, you know, um, able to navigate. It's, it's sometimes I'll just say the mantra, I've decided to stay open. Like I'm, I'm remaining open. You tell yourself that yes, while, while in you're my in mind. the situation. Yes, I'm stay I, open. Stay and so, open. and the point, the point of it is, is that when we are closing, we know we're closing. If we're starting to get offended about something, or we're not in a place where we're able to learn from somebody, we can start to feel our heart closing. Yep. And so, I'm reminding myself, I I'm doing this now. This is what it's I'm a great doing. tip. Stay open. Stay open. Yep. What kind of things, uh, since you've had this coach and, and been focusing on this uh, joy, peace, um, positivity aspect, what have you eliminated from your life, if, if anything small or big? Is there anything you can point at to say, like, hey, I stopped doing this because it didn't, it didn't fulfill this part of me? You know, there's so many things. I know there's so many small things that happen throughout yeah. the day. That's why I'm, I'm asking the question because I'm really curious I'm trying to get to this place where I, I am better at recognizing those triggers, as you said, and um, and helping to to be more open in those situations and not close up and, and not be able to really think clearly to solve the problem and, and come up with uh, viable solutions. And um, yeah, I'm just curious if there's anything you, you can point out that you did eliminate or if not, no big deal. I know there's a lot of little stuff that we, that you probably do that really just is, is hard to put into words. You know, your life is your daily routine. And what you decide to do every day, like that's 80% of your life. Like you get up, you take a shower in the morning, you brush your teeth. Yeah. And, and it's like, it's, I would say one thing that really comes to my mind is I mostly drink water. All the time like I, I used to drink some tea I even gave up tea and I it's just something that wasn't serving me I mean it was uh, I, and I always bring the Stanley thermos with yeah. me everywhere I go and probably I mean something interesting about me is I I only drink warm beverages I really like to just stay warm oh, that's and, interesting yes yeah, so, so what are you worth. drinking I'm drinking warm water with a little bit of like flavoring so in you it. add flavoring those is what yeah. you were saying is yeah. you you stop just drinking plain water because no I stopped drinking tea I stopped oh. I, I haven't drank soda really for a long time it's just no it's not serving you it's just it's not just, it was something that I just realized that I just I don't need all that other stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's impacting my body in weird ways. And, yeah. and, um, and so, yeah, cutting back to just water is something that um, I felt was the best move for me. And so letting go of, of all of these other things. And then there's other food items that I realized weren't serving me. There are so many food items that people should not be eating that cause inflammation in their body. And it's really, we're grownups here. We need to like investigate what those items are. And it's different for everybody. It's different. Yeah. Some people can eat peanuts. Some people can't. Some people, I mean, and, and really, so it's like, what is it that you're doing to make sure that everything that you've, or at least taking out the things that are really knocking you down, uh, get, get out of your system. And for me, uh, bread gluten was like one of them. 
like holy cow that was something that i let go a while ago yeah uh, and yeah yeah and because it just doesn't have it doesn't serve you it doesn't have any positive for me personally it was causing me harm so i think a lot of people do have that same effect they just don't they're not paying attention to it or they don't do anything well and that's the thing is that so everyone has these things about their daily routine that if they just stop doing something for like let's say a week yeah and then see the pick it back up yeah and see do i feel better do i feel you know and something else that i've been experimenting with is you know a, a consistent fasting like oh, yeah yeah i like, started fasting as well that type every day too uh i i eat from two to eight is my feeding period what when, when i was fasting. i was working towards like 11 to 7 and then i realized that the other humans in my family they eat at like 8 30 most of the time okay so then i just kind of backed it down the trail a little bit but yes having that eight hour window and then um just cutting out some of the the other items it's like it's remarkable when you just make a few little changes and and what that can do for you yes i know i've, I've had this um same experience and the same uh yeah the same uh, results as you have just like trying to trying to find ways to um, optimize not just my work life and my relationships but also my body and my the way i process things and um, because i think you know your gut health uh is is where a lot of your overall health yeah. starts you know in terms of clarity and uh your brain function and brain fog is real yeah it's real yeah Okay, we got to wrap this up. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about where uh, Charlie left off because uh, you've talked already a, a lot about culture of between, you know, your guys' uh, employee uh, backpack giveaway for school, back to school just happened. So you guys gave out, I think you said 110 backpacks with, with supplies, which is amazing for your employees, um, you know, raise up. Uh, which is uh, kind of a, a mantra that you guys use or an acronym you guys use to describe how you treat every situation in your business. Uh, and then GOAT, which we talked a little bit about in the very beginning. Um, but yeah, if you if you have anything else to add on the culture aspect, Charlie did kind of pass that off onto you. He said, if you want to talk about culture, that is Athena's thing uh as you said before culture exists whether business owners recognize it or not yeah and whether somebody's driving the bus or train or not it's the bus is it's moving happening. forward yes. <laughs> the train is uh either uh by intention or by design or not and so um yeah talk a little bit about just what the culture uh, of your business how that came about and, and what uh, what your some of your philosophies are you know I believe that we are, we need each other. And how can you encompass this idea of what, like doing the right thing? Like how can you encapsulate, well, so many people have different ideas about doing the right thing. The right thing to you might be to serve you. The right thing to me might be to serve them. I mean, it, we just never know. Everybody comes from different backgrounds and and different ethnicities and BAC is an absolute melting pot. I think we've got, I mean, I think HR told me maybe like 80 nations, wow. individuals from like 80 nations that work for us. Don't quote me on that though. Um, but it's a lot. Very diverse. Yes. It's a super diverse work. And yes. I can test, testify to that for sure. And so you really need to find common ground with these individuals, especially when you're working with 
a group that is all generations. I mean, we have people that, I mean, just span across so many generational types. And, and so raise up really is this touchstone of how, how we are going to operate with, within the organization. And that's uh, responsibility, accountability, integrity, service, engage, understanding and perseverance. And if you're doing anything that's worth doing, there's going to be a season of perseverance. And if you're working with a team, you have to be able to seek understanding. And we have to have some level of engagement or stuff's just not going to get done. And having a service mindset is really what, what the whole story is about, is serving each other, serving the community, serving our customers, serving, serving the industry. And, uh, you know, integrity piece is really important because it's not just about being honest and saying, I'm not saying a lie. It's about being true to who you are. And I explain it like this. If you are a night person, don't apply for the day job. Like, just be true to who you are. Don't, don't try that. Yeah. Um, and then the accountability piece is really how we love people. Because if you don't have, I mean, even if you're, if you're raising a, your kid, if you don't hold them accountable to what's going on, then, then they're just all over the place. Yes. And that is included in what you described as love. It's like yes. love yes. is holding how we love you. accountable. It's how we love you. If we yeah. didn't care, we wouldn't do it. Yes. You know? That's amazing because you see a lot of parents these days who do the opposite, who let their kids do whatever they want because they think that's what love is. But it's, it's the exact opposite. It's I, holding people accountable. And, and it's not holding people accountable with an iron fist. It's no. like, hey. Let's talk about this, debrief you on this situation, sure. or um, how could we have handled that better, or did you seek understanding with this person before you just decided that you were going to, you know, come up with your own ideas around the situation? And so we do a lot of bridging between team members, especially new team members that come. And then the responsibility piece is that we all have our, our levels of responsibilities that we've got to carry out. And so to me, it took me some time to come up with that acronym, but really it just embodies everything that we are about, that I'm about in, in, our, in our organizations, across the board in everything that we do. That's awesome. So much, uh, so much to think about. I think you have, um, yeah, you have a business that I think most business owners should be looking at as um, as, as something to follow as as a as a, um, a beacon of of sort of like this is how you should run your business. It's it's about the people. It's about purpose. It's about uh, raising people up. It's about educating people and helping them develop personally and professionally. Um, I love your book club thing. Um, yeah, there's so many aspects of your business that I think um, any business owner could could take and um, and use in their own business and, and find that uh, that ability to build and to drive a culture that uh, will will fulfill them in a lot more ways than just money. I think that's a beautiful thing. And uh, yeah, we <laughs> we didn't push record on the first half hour of our podcast. I forgot to push record, uh, but I think we got a lot of the good stuff. Um, 
you know, this was a great opportunity to kind of touch base with you again. Yeah. So it's It's been a little while. Yeah, you were doing a little coaching for us in the very beginning of Orange Slice, which, uh, you know, was a huge, huge help. I don't think you, even I didn't understand at the time how much that meant to our business and uh, to me personally. And I just, I appreciate it so much. And, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been an unbelievable ride so far, and uh, just thank you so much for for sticking sticking with us and and helping Orange Slice. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do, Charlie and you. I, I know you guys are going on a, a little trip down south We're potentially with the family, We're which having is having another grim adventure. Yeah, grim adventure. But this is all part of your your joy and peace and love and the kids and getting um, getting those uh, you know those days and. and weeks with your with your family that we don't just spend do enough of right we don't we don't get enough of those times in because we're so obsessed with our business there's so much to to be done i did want to get your opinion on i don't know if you can eat these but uh i was at uh, trader joe's i love and, trader joe's and they have uh you know they have the best snacks uh we we aren't affiliated with trader joe's quite yet they're not a sponsor yet but uh uh i just wanted to see what you thought because i've had a hard time no, nobody in my family liked these. I love them. Nobody and in your family. Nobody in my family liked them. Yes. So let's. Uh, okay. So, so you're giving me a vote, is what you're saying? Yeah, I want to. I want to get you to give us a little. Okay. Um, a score. Or... So can you guys see this? <laughs> this is a freeze dried orange. It looks like. Yes, it is a yeah dehydrated orange. Um, it's got the rind on, which throws a lot of people off. I I absolutely love it, but. It's like the new orange slice candy, you know? It's good. So what I'm surprised is that the rind doesn't have that like bitter, oh my gosh, flavor. Mm -hmm. So somehow they've sucked that out a little bit. Well, I think they added a lot of sugar to it, to be honest with you. Well, it's, I think they're great. So, they're wonderful, right? I think so. All right, what would you give it? Give it a score. I would score it a nine. A nine? Yes. All right. Yes, because it's it's not overpowering. It's fruit, technically. I don't know how much sugar is in this thing. Uh, a lot. You know what? Actually, the calorie the calorie thing's not bad. So, you know, <laughs> something that um, I would like to leave your listeners with is that entrepreneurship, for me, is not a job it's not something that i just do it's my lifestyle and when you frame it in the way that it's your lifestyle you you let yourself off the hook for things sometimes you know it's i used to feel like oh my gosh i've got to balance work and i've got to balance home and i've got to balance parenting and, and my kids are homeschooled and so that's like a whole nother box and and but this is this is my lifestyle as it flows and this is absolutely what I've chosen, intentionally chosen as my lifestyle. And when you start framing it like this is my lifestyle and you don't have to go into all these other boxes like when you were in school and you had to be at the school from this time to this time, like you don't have to be at the office every day, eight to four. Like your lifestyle probably looks something like you have your quiet time in the morning, maybe some journaling, some meditation, then I don't know if there's an exercise program or yep. something along those lines. Exercise, yep. Yep, and then you're checking in with the team, and then yep. you're doing these things. That's some meetings, and then I yep. do something for lunch that's for me and for helping to yeah. and recharge then me. Somehow, Jesse and the girls are involved in there, and yep. but that's all part of it. And so it's it's more like design your lifestyle. What is it that you want your life to look like? Because we think that we have to bow down to all of these other things because – 
in, in many ways, it's because we have this scarcity mindset that Lack. if we don't do this, then this is going to go away. Yes. And uh, and it's really, I think that getting getting some help and some encouragement. Like my goal with meeting with you and Chase was to start to show you what's possible, but also encourage you every step of the way. Like sometimes all we need to do is be encouraged. It's kind of like the, yeah. the trainer that meets you at the gym. You will go because you're paying them and they're yeah. waiting there calling you 15 times. Where are you? So, yeah. but sometimes we just need people to encourage us to do what's right. And I would, I would just say that get around that. If you're around people that are taking your energy, that aren't encouraging you to be successful, that aren't, are, are encouraging you to do things that are not good for you, that might be good for them, like take some inventory into that. Cut them off. Well, definitely make some mindful decisions around that. Some yeah. people we can't cut off completely. How much energy you give yes. them and how yes. much time. Yes, yes, And it's more about setting standards than it is about boundaries because I always felt like boundaries were me imposing my will on you. Like don't cross this boundary. Like you don't do that. Whereas this is my standard. If you want to hang out, like this is where we got to hit the standard. So well, anyway, hopefully that was helpful. It was. And it's been an absolute pleasure. I love everything about your guys' business, your philosophy, your your mindsets is inspirational and uh, I love you as people um, and I appreciate you coming on. Well, and I hope, I hope that you can see people do it imperfectly, but they still keep striving. I love it. Thank you. Thank you.